This is Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Senior Pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois, Apostolic Leader Don Beasley. Uh, welcome, Don, back to the Warning Radio Program. Good morning. It's good to be with you today. Well, it's always good to be with you. Again, Pastor Beasley is the Senior Pastor at Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. I want to read a few of uh, my blogs on my ministry Facebook, World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. And I'll also read you some uh, news reports. We have a running newspaper there. And uh, it's actually much more informative than my personal um, Facebook page. It says, don't let critics and judgmental people bother you. Now, I posted this uh, this morning. Just ignore their sins, continue to love and forgive them and serve God faithfully and let God deal with their bitterness and unforgiveness. Now, I was going to continue uh, reading uh, different headline news and other blogs, but uh, what do you think of that, Don? Yeah, I think that's true. I, I, I think that's exactly what, you know, when I think about that, I, I think about, you know, when Israel marched around Jericho, uh, they were told, you know, can you imagine the people in Jericho? This is the most fortified city in Canaan. Yes. And they got to be standing up on those walls, just ridiculing these people to no end. That's right. As they're, mar- as they're marching around the walls. And, and, and it's amazing that when the Lord told Joshua to do, he didn't tell them to have the people be quiet, but Joshua added that on, keep your mouth shut. Don't respond to it. Don't say anything. And I think he, on the other side, he was also understanding these people. When we get to talking about what our enemies are doing, we gin up unbelief and fear among ourselves. It makes it very difficult for us to do what we need to do. So I think that that's exactly right. You know, we need to ignore our critics. Oh yeah, um, and 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 stay you know pedal to the metal on what we're called to do. I think that's when the enemy is the most frightened of the Church of Jesus Christ is when we're on mission. Well, you know, I've been doing a series in our services here on uh, great anointing and using different movers and shakers of the first and second great awakening. And one of them was Carrie Judd Montgomery. And uh, she was a woman minister, but at that time they were not accepted as some still aren't accepted in some areas of the church today. And uh, she flowed with all of God she could get. She would crisscross going uh, for truth that she understood in Scripture and she didn't possess, whether it was speaking in tongues. I mean, she would lay everything aside and pursue the fullness of God. She would get there and wouldn't eat. She would say, no, I just want God. And she would go into this area of prayer and fasting. She would call people that possessed, whether it was tongues, pray for me. She wanted all of God, but uh, I, I do know in her life, one of the things she did, which I greatly admire, and I think it goes right along with this uh, blog I just uh, put out there, was that she never did address her critics. Uh, she never got into the debate. She never wrote on it, on women in ministry. She didn't argue it. She just served God and let the fruit speak for itself. Done. Yeah, I think that's that, that really, you know, that, that old saying says the proof's in the pudding, you know? Yes. Uh, I think the, the you know, the, we've, 
we've bought into this whole, you know, critical criticism, you know, of, of stuff and that you got to prove everything and you got to answer all your critics. And, you, and we've spent, you know, so, so long in debating people that are never, ever going to accept our viewpoints. What the reality is, is they cannot ignore our God. That's that right. He's working. Among them. That's right. And, and so, but, but we spend time arguing with them and, rather than doing what we're supposed to be doing, no, which you're... is that that's what they cannot, they, they can't deny that and criticize it away unless we don't do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The power, the power of the testimony. Uh, that's so important. In fact, my message last week was great anointing the power of testimonies and Carrie Judd Montgomery. She believed in testimonies, not only her own, but she had a publication and she put other people's testimonies and, and that inspired others to seek areas of divine healing and inspired others to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the power of the testimony is so real and so powerful, Don. Exactly. And that's what Jesus said. He said, we, we missed this part many times. And he says that, the, he said, you wait in Jerusalem and tarry for the, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you and you will become my witnesses, which is testimony. You're right. You'll become testifiers of my power. That's exactly and that's right. that's the greatest. So that's what the, <laughs> the biggest thing the Holy Spirit does for us, probably the greatest thing the Holy Spirit does is, is it empowers our testimony to be a witness for God. Yeah. And, and it, it, it gives us testimonies. Exactly. I mean, that, and so that's what, but too many times we just want to flex our, our spiritual muscle, you know, and in our little meetings that we have, whatever. And, uh, there's not a lot of testimony there when we're doing, you know, all that stuff that we do, that we call, you know, that we call church sometimes when actually, you know, I find it amazing that when you think about, uh, Jesus' ministry, when he was on the earth three and a half years, just think about this, for three and a half years with his disciples, he only makes two references to the church. But he made 121 references to the kingdom of God. Yes. And in the 40 days he spent with his disciples after the resurrection, he instructed them nothing of the church, but specifically of the kingdom of God. That's right. So my question when I when I think about that is could we be missing the obvious because we've been church cultured oblivious to where, you know, it's it's kinda like to me, it's like everybody wants to run their own and want to be called apostle, prophet, this, that, or whatever. The reality those are titles. And but but and we get caught up on the titles, but the reality is they're a function. It's a work that you do. And I've never been caught up on these titles. I've always just said, I'll just do what I'm called to do. And you can call it whatever you want to. Exactly. I don't care what you call it. You you, can, you don't have to anything. You, you will not be able to deny what God is doing. But we get caught up in all these goofy arguments about stuff. And it's a part of our culture. It's, it's, we, we do, it's a crippling effect to get caught up in doing this. Because you can't do the work when you're trying to prove you should be doing the work. Yes. The proof is doing the work. Well, you're right. And, and I, I believe the other is just an aspect of vanity. And um, instead of worrying, you know, another thing that uh, uh, this woman did, Carrie Judd Montgomery, 
is uh, she hungered and she was humble. Hungry and humble. Those two things go together. To be hungry and humble. And then the third person of the Trinity works through you. Don? Hey, man, I, 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 can't, I can't agree with that more. Uh, for uh, probably about four years ago, whatever, maybe five, I just started really praying and seeking God. Because I just, I see in the New Testament that we're going to, it said, you'll do greater things than I have done. Not, not any one of us are going to do greater than Jesus done, but the culmination of, of the, of the redeemed doing it, there's just more of us. And so it will, you know, just be massive what's going on. And I, and I've been praying about, you know, healing and, and miracles and those kinds of things. You know, we, people talk about and whatever, but I mean, I'm talking about bona fide. You don't have to, you don't, it'll, it'll speak for itself. You won't have to speak for it. That's right. And as I prayed about it, you know, one of the things the Lord told me is, is that, that he said, my people are not humble enough for that. And I, at first I didn't get what he meant. I was like, I, I didn't get it. But what he was saying is I'm tired of people taking credit for what only I could do. And he said, I will do something. And then people build the whole ministry around something I did. And take all the credit for themselves. So they don't. They won't acknowledge they're taking credit for it, but they build their kingdom rather than my kingdom. And so I made a statement from that that the kingdom of God has a church, but no church has a kingdom. That's right. That's right. And, uh, so it's it's really right that. And then you have to hunger when you once you become humble, then you really can hunger for the things of God. But if you're not humble. You really don't hunger for the things of God. You hunger for things that will make you greater. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so, so humility's first. I agree. And then true hunger comes. I'll tell you that um, some people don't understand that we talk about the church and the kingdom of God, but God's true church is doing the work of the kingdom of God. They are bringing the kingdom of God to earth. They're moving in the kingdom of God, of the supernatural, of healing, of deliverance, of salvation. They are doing the works of God, the kingdom of God. Don? Amen. That's uh, And I think we're starting to see this now. As we're, I, I said when this, uh, somebody asked me about a month ago, maybe, maybe six weeks ago, about all through this whole pandemic, people have been asking me if I think this is the, you know, the end of the world, is this the starting of the mark of the beast, all this stuff? And I, and I said, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm not going to act like I do. I said, everybody I ever known that tried to answer that question turned out to be a fool. Uh, they're going to tell you this and this is happening and that's happening. I said, are we living in unprecedented times? You better bet you. It's the most, it's the times in my life when I said, we better be paying the most attention now we've ever paid what's going on around us and being involved in it as much as we can. But I, I made a comment to them that day. If if this really is the end, if this is if this has been determined by God that he said, okay, this is the day, this is the time, there's really not a lot we can do about it. We can't pray it away. We can't. I mean, uh, any, but if it's not, then we'll have everything to do with it. The, the, the remnant church of Jesus Christ. That's right. And, and when this first started, I, I, had, I was praying in the closet in, in Florida and the spirit of God came over me and I began to prophesy. Um, and this is when it really first started, you know, 
and uh, people were just freaking out. Churches were being closed down, and I prop I started prophesying about uh, that God. Just all, all of a sudden, this really got into my spirit that God already had people in position, and that th there was a trap being set, and He had people who were going to spring the trap, and He was going to it was going to change things dramatically. And so I began to pray about that, you know, that there was already a Mordecai and Esther in place. And, and we need to be, be praying that God, he's not, he's, we're not praying that we can beat them. We're praying that God has them in place and give them the courage and the wisdom to spring the trap. Amen. And uh, so, you know, and, and then, you know, I don't know if you've seen the UK yesterday declared they're going to, they're going to take away all the mandates. No mask mandates, no mandates of any kind whatsoever. They're going to stop back the vaccination pushes. They declared they're not. They don't work. Yes, um, yes. In another another country, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Ireland, but I know Israel's in that place as well, and they're they're pushing for stopping all the vac because you had to be vaccinated to come into Israel on an airplane. I know it. They're pushing now to stop that uh, there. And so more and more, they're starting to come out all over. And and then I just listened to a thing this morning by a doctor who said, if you have, because at first this doctor was saying you couldn't get COVID twice. Now he says you can get COVID twice as Omicron. He said you couldn't before Omicron. But he said, if you if you get Omicron, he said, what it, he said it, it'll like, um, if you never had it and before you get it, you can't get the other because you're, you'll be have immunity. It gives you permanent immunity for everything. For this whole thing, it was kind of wild. He's an incredible epidemiologist as well. So I, I think this thing is starting to break, and I think that's part of going to be the trap that's going to be sprung on these guys who've been pushing this thing. They're going to get caught with. I mean, they're just going to get caught with all the lying and everything they've been doing. Everybody knows they've been doing, but you know. And so I, I just, I was rejoicing this morning in some of the stuff that's happening and saying, you know, we need to keep praying that God would spring that trap and expose these people. Well, you're right. You're exactly right. I, you know, even common sense. I mean, uh, they say you can't get uh, uh, COVID uh, more than once if you take these vaccinations. Well, uh, you take yearly flu. Some people take yearly flu shots. I don't, but some do. And yet, uh, people get uh, the flu all the time. Uh, no flu. Right. Sh no flu shot has stopped it. And so uh, some of this is common sense, but we've lost our common sense and we're believing the lies of people that are under the influence of Satan and pushing Satanism, a new world order. But uh, right. okay. the kingdom of God, even when the greatest persecution is on the face of the earth and the, in the tribulation, even then the kingdom of God would do great exploits. Absolutely. That doesn't, I've been saying that all along, you know, is that uh, in the midst of, no matter what's going on, we're to endure. That's right. This time, and we need to pray for God to give us eyes to see the things that we can do, and that He continues to give us a portion of His heart in the midst, of, even for our enemies that are, that are around us. And so, how how to deal with that whole thing? And so, I do agree with that. In the midst of that, we will do incredible, incredible feats, and we and we have the power. That's, you know, that, if, we're, if we're going to spell, if it's a spell of witchcraft or, or, or sorcery or whatever, we have the power in the spirit of God to break the spells and the assignments of the enemy. No, we break that through obedience. We follow God. And when you, in the, when, when there's a disobedient part of culture, and then you have some people, you know, this happens in every biblical narrative, that 
there's some power that says, no, you can't worship God. And then there's somebody that says, I cannot not worship God. And it brings us, it, it brings a showdown. That's right. And every single showdown in scripture, God wins. Every one of them. That's exactly right. And, and, and during the greatest persecution in the tribulation will be our greatest hour. That's when, again, we will rise up and do greater exploits than the, the kingdom of God, the people of God have ever done. And uh, I'm excited, Don. I am excited. Absolutely. You know, when, when you think about it, though, the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the light. And when is the light the most? I mean, when, when you're in pitch black darkness, I mean, when you when there's some, when you have a little bit of light and it's not dark, you can still be refusing the light. But I think about like guys that were like in the stuck in a coal mine or something, you know, mile and a half underground or whatever. Their batteries run out of their lights; they don't have any more light. Man, the thing that they want more than anything else in the world is just some light. That's right. I mean, you know, that darkness. And so when I think about that, you know, in the when it's the darkest of dark times, when there's more despair and hopelessness. The gospel is the most powerful and becomes the most dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Amen. And, and that's, that, that's why they're trying to Wait. shut down the church is because we, we are a danger threat to their lies. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, and I think like one of the stories that's always amazing in the Bible is Nineveh. You know, God's prophet didn't want to go there because these people were not good people. And he, 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 so he runs away from it. I'm not going there and doing that. But we find out later on that the reason he ran is because he said, I don't want to be disgraced because if I go there and preach and they repent, you'll forgive them. And I don't want them to be forgiven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, he, and so yeah. God, God has him thrown overboard. I mean, he takes the long route there. He has a scary route, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love this. When you read about him in the fish's belly, he's feeling around. It's dark in there, you know. And he's feeling around and, so it's like being in bars, whatever, you know, inside this cage. God spits him right up there, and he goes and preaches and the, and, and he, the, to these people, and they declare a fast. And they even had their animals put on a fast. They repented. Yeah. And, and, and turned to God, and God spared them from destruction. And later on, they went back to their ways. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, people will turn to God if we'll just do what we're called to do and quit running away from it. And, and, uh, they didn't judgment then was, was restrained for a hundred years because of that repentance from the King on down. But it shows that God uses imperfect vessels. And and so, I mean, that's a whole sermon, what you just brought up. It's a whole sermon in itself. Multiple sermons probably because there's so many pieces to it. But I mean, it's just these, these narratives of the Bible that, you know, we, we used to look at them in one way, but in the midst of where we are today, they take on a whole different light. That's right. Uh, and they speak, they speak a faith and courage to us. Uh, Amen. Amen. To do what we're called to do. I'm going to just read uh, my introduction of the <laughs> sermon I spoke, Great Anointing, the Power of Testimonies, Carrie Judd Montgomery. And... Uh, It said, America and the church need another great awakening. The church is very sick. Most Christians are no longer capable to deal with the sin and tyranny sweeping America because they have become part of the problem in America. They have diluted and compromised the word of God to include sins of abomination, 
such as accepting or even ordaining homosexuals and lesbians as priests and pastors. These type of lukewarm Christians come to church but live in cohabitation with foreigners and adulterers. They watch every type of filthy movie, TV program, pornography on the internet or in magazines. These Christians are so far away from intimacy with God, they have no discernment and are under a spirit of deceivableness, so they gullibly obey the lies of the leader or political party that becomes a Hitler or the Nazis. They ignorantly, stupidly, and cowardly watch as the laws are changed which are unconstitutional, and they have no spirit of the line of Judah in them to criticize, disobey, or resist the tyranny taking place right in front of their eyes. They, like the Jews and Christians in Europe and Germany, who did not have the courage to be true ambassadors to speak against evil in every form, including policies and unconstitutional laws, or to flee when they had the time and warning to do so, instead became trapped, arrested, and rounded up, taken to concentration camps where millions died. The men and women who led the first and second great Awakening were totally in love with Christ. They were willing to deny themselves, family, friends, businesses, and careers in pursuit and in service of God. They wanted to be filled with the third person of the Trinity called the baptism of the Holy Ghost so they could obey the Great Commission and make disciples in their nation, heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. They wanted to truly be ambassadors of Jesus Christ and were willing to tarry as commanded by the Lord when they as- he ascended to obtain the power and authority needed to accomplish the task of being an ambassador. Today, we're going to look at the life of Kerry Judd Montgomery, a real mover and shaker that was used in America's Great Awakening. And we need a Great Awakening, and that's why I'm, I've kicked off now Eagles Saving Nations. We need another Great Awakening done. Amen. I, I, you know, you're saying that stuff, you know, I was thinking about, we did a, I did a study back on, you know, we talk every day today, things, everything's political, politics, politics, politics. And so I, I went back and I look up the word politic and politic means, this simply means how a group of people govern themselves and the responsibilities of the citizens, uh, what they need to be, how, what we call, uh, what we demand of each other in far away responsibility. And so that was a pol- So politic is about the governing. And then, and then what happens is then you, when you have a, poly, a body politic, okay, so that then that body politic writes policy, okay, how that, so policies to govern ourselves, and then and then we create a policing force to police our policy, and and I was thinking about today when we're when we're re, this whole thing about defund the police, and, and we we have we have a bunch of radicals, and it's not a majority, it's a it's a very very small group of people. Who have gotten inside our inside of our politic, and they they won't follow our laws. They won't prosecute criminals or letting them out of jail. They want to defund the police because they can't overcome our politic uh, by majority. So they're trying to do it by minority from the inside by breaking down things. And that and that's how the the enemy works. He, he works in people that are radical, that radicalized. And so today they're trying to reform. The majority are the radicals. So the majority who's against this, you're a radical. You know, they, they, they're flipping everything around on, on everybody. But what that makes me think of is the passage of Scripture in, in, in Col- Colossians chapter 
uh, 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us instead of opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle and triumphing over him in the cross. And so when I think about that, he said he disarmed the powers and the authorities to bring revival to the individual and to the nation of individuals that are there. And Amen. so what the Christian church has to understand, the kingdom of God, when we talk about a second awakening, too many times we're talking about an awakening in our culture. When you go back and you study all the awakenings, there was an awakening inside the kingdom of God first. And that's, people turned to God with all their heart, and they realized that the enemy that it was had uh, had them in bondage had been disarmed and made a public spectacle of. Amen. And so they started dropping, dropping their vices, dropping their tearing down their strongholds that were over them, and beginning to enter into the image of the living God inside of them. And then, then, then what ha when that happens? Then there's a release. It's almost like an explosion inside the church. So the a great awakening is an explosion of righteousness, Amen. of the fear of the Lord, of the wisdom of God inside of his people. And that's one of the things I've been so frustrated with in my life in the church is we just want to preach against culture, but we don't, you know, like you said a while ago, we have people in church that are cohabitating, they're doing all the same things, you know, but we're the redeemed. And I never have figured that out because the Bible doesn't teach that. You're right, and and so this will be judged by our works and what you know how we responded to the gospel. And this is what I'm talking so, about when we I say I need we need another great awakening. I'm talking about in the church to mobilize the church to be what the church right. is supposed to be, bringing the kingdom of God on earth and walking in that power and authority. And that's why again, exactly. ladies and gentlemen, you need to right now. You go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Find Eagles Saving Nations. There's a vision statement. There's a mission statement. There's a statement of beliefs and a membership. You become a member of Eagles Saving Nations nations as we see a mighty move of God mobilizing the church of Jesus Christ to do great power and authority right now on earth as it is declared in heaven. Eagles saving nations. Go again to my website now, www.worldministries.org. We just kicked it open yesterday and become a member of Eagles saving nations. Now, I was going to talk to Don also about his opinion on after-school Satan Club targeting children ages 6 to 11 at Illinois Elementary School, but we're out of time. And we'll start off with that next week, Don, okay? Okay, I'll see you then. Okay, God bless you all. Again, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Dixon, Illinois. You attend that church if you can. It's Turning Point City Church. God bless you.